Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost. This week's question is about friendships, and it goes like this. Does my chart point to anything that makes friendships hard for me? Ever since I was a child, I've struggled to maintain meaningful friendships. I often felt unchosen, even when I made effort to make friends. Though I have a few close friendships, I've always wanted a friend group of folks who know each other and that include me. But I'm never on the group chats, the vacations, the hangouts with people I know. I feel that I say the wrong thing or don't have the vibe that people seek. I'm actively trying to plan friend hangouts and work on taking risks to make new and closer friendships. But guidance from what I'm working with on my chart would be helpful. Thank you so much. And Friendships was born on April 11th, 1995 at 10.15 p.m. in Mandville, Jamaica. Okay, this is a great question. And you know Valentine's Day is coming up very soon. And I feel like, can we just can we just honor the importance of friends in our life and how much they are love relationships or they can be love relationships, even though they're not sexual and they're not usually romantic. Friends are so important and not as a placeholder for romance, but because they're actually just really important. So I'm really happy to answer this question. The answer to this question is really complex. When looking at a birth chart, for friendship issues. There's a number of places we would look. Now, based on textbook astrology, the first place you would look is Mercury, because Mercury is the planet that governs platonic connection. And that kind of like, this is my neighbor, this is my pal, this is my coworker kind of vibe, right? So Mercury is the textbook place to look for friends. But we are not textbooks. We are complex people. And friendships are also really emotional. So we look to the moon. And in this question, the desire for friendship is not just about connection. It's about having a group of people to do activities with. And that's Mars. It's, you know, Mars is the actions we pursue. It's what we do and the speed at which we do it. Then there's Venus, of course, which is all about connection and closeness. We can also look to the 11th house, which is the place of groups of friends and community. And the third house, which is the place uh, where we're more likely to find our one-on-one friendships, or at least our two-on-one friendships. And then finally, we can look to the seventh house where we find our besties, our one-on-one close relationships. So those are all of the key places I look straight out the gate when I'm looking at friendships. And I empower you with this data so you can look at your own chart and understand the layers of what goes into the give and take of friendships, right? Now, friendships has all manner of things going on, but let's start with what you do have going for you. So you do have a few close friendships, you say, and that does not surprise me. In your birth chart, you have a Venus-Saturn conjunction, and it's pretty tight, and it's in the sign of Pisces. This placement tends to incline a person to be much better at one-on-one relationships than group relationships. This conjunction, especially in the sign of Pisces, can make you hypersensitive and hypervigilant. So you're really uh, feeling what's going on in the room around you or with the people around you, which can be distracting for staying present for yourself so that you act in authentic ways and have healthy boundaries. 
The other part of it is Saturn tends to make Venus really self-conscious. So this is where people-pleasing behaviors can come in, where you try to bend yourself into a pretzel so that you are what you think other people want you to be, right? And all of this is made a lot easier in one-on-one relationships because, first of all, there's less energy and energetic information swirling around you, so there's less distractions, and you can be a little bit more self-aware and self-present. And the other thing is, you know what the rules are one-on-one, much more than in groups. With this Venus-Saturn conjunction, there is a preference for knowing what your role is and what the rules of engagement are. And that's a little bit harder to manage in groups. So having close friendships is indicated by having a Venus-Saturn conjunction. And most people who have Venus-Saturn conjunctions don't have a million friends. Um, You've got your core group of people. That is because that's what you need, you know, because you tend to have friendships that go pretty deep and that takes time and that takes energy and that takes space. And when I say it takes time and space, what I'm talking about is as tempting as it is to meet someone and be like, OMG, you're so cool. You're so great. Let's be besties. Instead of being able to just do that, right, in order to create substance and connection and closeness and trust. What we need is to build it. And that building can only happen with experience and time and space. And that space is where our truth can really emerge, right? Where shit happens and you can evaluate, was that okay with me? Do I need to like go back and acknowledge I did something weird? Or do I have to acknowledge that this person doesn't make me feel good even though I really like them? We need space within the time that we have with people to stay checked in with ourselves and to make sure we're acting uh, in ways that are healthy and, and sustainable. Close friendships require care. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of times people have this sense that friendships are not as important as love relationships or shouldn't require care and maintenance. And that's just not real. You know, they do. And happily, with this Venus-Saturn conjunction, you're here for that. You are probably a really good friend to your close people, and they're good friends to you. Now that said, I am not surprised that you're like, yeah, that's cool and everything, but I want to be on the fucking group chat. Someone invite me to the weekend away. Because you have a grand trine in your birth chart in fire. You've got a Sun-Mercury conjunction in Aries, and it is trine to Mars and to Jupiter. Your Jupiter is conjunct your ascendant. So We've got the Ascendant and Jupiter conjunct in Sag, Mercury and the Sun conjunct in Aries, and Mars. And they're all very tightly trining each other in this beautiful fire grand trine. And so, yes, you want lighter friendships as well. That Mercury, Sun, and the Jupiter Ascendant loves to connect with lots of different kinds of people. I can see how this part of your chart would absolutely incline you to having many friendships and friendships of different depth. And this is where we get into a bit of your internal struggle. Jupiter on the rise, in particular on a Sagittarius rising, can come on real strong, right? So this is kind of a a bit of a wildly adventurous placement. And so you may in your effort to make friends, uh, gallop into the room, right? And be like, hey, what are we doing? You might come on with all of the enthusiasm that is conferred by this beautiful fire grand trine. 
And that may or may not actually work for you, right? Partially because it might be too much for people at times, but that's really not it because there are plenty of people who love that fire energy and plenty of people who don't, right? So that's not really what this is about. It's about the fact that in terms of real closeness with people, it's hard for you to maintain that energy because of the Venus-Saturn conjunction. That Venus-Saturn conjunction, which is, by the way, the at the lowest point of your birth chart, it gives you a serious and sensitive nature. And so if you are looking to create really surface level friendships, people you can be pals with, who you can be activity partners with, you can maintain that energy. But if you are trying to be on a besties level, then you need things to be able to go deeper. And therefore, you need people in your life that want to go deeper. And I can't help but wonder if when you're seeking friends in a friend group, right, if you're trying to like get in on that group chat, uh, if you're trying to keep it light and easy all the time, because I just don't know that that's authentic to you. You may hear that as a negative thing, but I don't think keeping it light and easy all the time is especially desirable. I know a lot of people do, but it's really about finding the right people that you can, yes, have adventures with and keep it light with, but can also get deep with you. And that takes time. And this is another thing about having a fire grand trine. And in particular, having Jupiter on the rise, and in particular, having Mercury conjunct the sun in Aries. You are not a patient person, my dear. You are not patient. So when you try to make friendships go, and you try to kind of like become a part of a group dynamic, you may be really, really impatient. And your impatience may come across in ways that you really don't mean it to, or you're not even aware of it as. Your impatience on its own is whatever it is. But again, because you have this Venus-Saturn conjunction, and because you have a Virgo moon, because you have a Sun-Neptune square in your birth chart, and a bunch of other things, because of all of this, when things don't go to plan, when people don't respond to you in the way that you want them to, when you feel impatient and you start to develop a narrative about why things aren't moving in the direction you want them to, at the speed you expected them to, you can get really down on yourself and find yourself lost in insecurity and self-defeated emotions and general ennui. So it's not great. It's just not great. So what do we do with all of this information? The first thing is, I do think having groups of friends is a good goal for you. I do think that connecting with groups of people is a viable ambition for you, right? You've got the North Node in the 11th house, but my friend, it is in Scorpio. So over the course of your life, moving in the direction of creating a group of friends or a community where you can really be yourself and, you know, get your needs met, that is absolutely the right direction to point yourself in. However, if you are trying to leave parts of your personality and parts of your needs at the door, it won't work. Because your chart, like so many of our birth charts, articulates multiple impulses and needs. That's not unique. You know, I mean, your chart is unique. All of our charts are unique to us. But we all have dueling needs, dueling impulses, dueling parts of our natures. That's why relationships are complicated, because people are complicated. However, what is at the base of all of this for you is self-acceptance. If you had more self-acceptance, which, you know, at your age is a very difficult thing to achieve because you're still 
identifying yourself and building yourself pre-Saturn return. But if you had more self-acceptance, you may have an easier time navigating your own impatience and understanding that the narratives you are pairing to why things aren't working out the way you want them to is potentially a projection, right? It's not fact. You don't know. You don't know. Jumping into a group of friends is a difficult thing to do, and it takes time. Sometimes it happens quickly and easily, but for you, it's likely to take time. And that is simply because you need realness and you're really sensitive. And so if there is a bunch of bullshit in the group dynamic, it's not going to feel healthy and right for you. You're going to pick up on it energetically and it's going to throw you off. So what do you need? What do you need? I want to give you two ideas to chew on. One is, can you consider that friendship, just like love relationships, just like developing a skill or, you know, starting a new job, happens in stages and not all at once. So if you want to try to create friend hangouts and take risks with new friendships, can you give it, let's say, three months of hanging out one-on-one or two-on-one before you bring on an extra person to the dynamic? Can you be patient with how long it takes to develop friendship? Because if you can do this, then you are very likely to achieve your goals. If you need things to happen kind of when you want them, as you want them, you're going to end up being exactly where you are, which is pretty burnt out in the whole damn situation, right? Now, the other thing to consider is that different kinds of friendships are valuable for really different kinds of things. You may end up connecting with a group of friends that, you know, never talk about anything real. Maybe you'll go on those group vacations and maybe you'll have group chats and it might not feel really good to you in the way that you want it to or you imagine it will. But it might scratch that itch you have for like light, easy group dynamic. There are many different kinds of friendship and there are many different seasons for different kinds of relationships and different ways of hanging out. My concern for you is that you've a little bit idealized the group chat and the group hang. And that's understandable because every TV show and movie about friendships includes either people who are friends now but end up hooking up later, or groups of friends. It's very attractive, this whole groups of friends thing on TV. And many people enjoy this in real life. But it's really not for everyone. And it may be for you, but not for every week or every month. So don't minimize the value of your close one-on-one relationships. And don't rush the development of one-on-one relationships in your goal to get to a place where you've got a group chat happening. You know what I mean? And I'll say one more thing, my dear, which is this. You may say the wrong thing. You know, Jupiter conjunct the ascendant absolutely can be associated with putting your foot in your sweet little mouth. Uh, So you can be blunt or just blurt things out without fully thinking through what they are. Or you might take things a little bit more seriously than people are taking them in a moment. And you may feel that the vibe is off, you know, depending on your situation. The vibe can be off. Sure. Yes. But that just means they're not your people. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. I mean, maybe. Maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, Because we all do things wrong. Like we all make mistakes. And that's just part of being a person. But let me just put it this way. When you put on a pair of jeans and they don't fit your body right. Is that because there's something wrong with your body or because the jeans aren't a good fit? You know, don't blame yourself for not being a fit with certain people and in certain dynamics. 
It's good to be humble and to learn from your lived experiences, right? It's good to pay attention to the patterns that play themselves out in your life. But learning from those things means remaining curious and engaged and continuing to try. It doesn't mean coming up with a narrative about who you are and what is possible for you and what other people think about you and making decisions that are permanent about what those things mean pre-Saturn return. I mean, don't do that post-Saturn return, uh, but certainly not pre-Saturn return. You want to remember that your 20s are the time where you have experiences that define you. And when we say that define you, it doesn't mean like literally define you. It means that set you up so that you can make informed choices about how you want to be with yourself, with others, and in the world. That's just, you know, being pre-Saturn return. So remain curious, remain open, and don't abandon yourself or betray yourself so that you can get other people to like you. Because if you have to do that, those aren't your fucking people. Violessa Thompson is the founder and CEO of Ramp Your Voice, an organization focused on promoting self-advocacy and strengthening empowerment among disabled people. Being a disability rights activist affords her the opportunity to be a prominent leader and expert who engages with individuals, politicians, corporations, educational institutions, and movement spaces with the intention of creating environments where disabled people do not just exist, but can thrive without barriers and stigma. If your organization would benefit from learning about disability from an intersectional, inclusive lens, then check out Ramp Your Voice. Vilissa is available for customizable services from speaking, writing, trainings, and consulting. Everything she does revolves around her being unapologetically herself and making good trouble. Visit rampyourvoice.com to learn more and book Vilissa, a powerful voice and force of her generation. My loves and darlings, let's get astrological. We're going to talk about the horoscope for February 6th through the 12th of 2022. But I want to remind you that if you are interested in getting questions into me for the AMA I am doing on my Patreon, then you can join me over there on the kittens level at patreon.com slash Jessica Lignato, uh, where I teach astrology and tarot and all manner of woo. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. And I'm doing an ask me anything where patrons can drop questions about sex and love and intimacy and loneliness and uh, self-love, all things kind of V-Day-ish, I guess. And uh, yeah, I'm taking questions until the end of February 6th. So there's still time to join us and get your questions answered. I will be dropping a video of, of up to two hours of me answering your questions on my Patreon on the 14th of February. It's a little love note to my patrons. And uh, yeah, get in on it if you're into it, if you're into it. And before I go into the specifics of this week's horoscope, I want to just acknowledge that conservatives are running around these here United States, burning books, getting books removed from libraries, and all during Black History Month. I am speechless about how awful this is, how regressive this is. Um, and of course, it's primarily white Christian conservatives. And it's just a terrible, heartbreaking thing. I want to encourage you whatever your ancestry is, to make space in your life to learn about your own history, and especially to take it upon yourself to make space in your life to learn Black history, learning your own history, 
and learning the history of other peoples, especially marginalized peoples, is essential if we're not going to repeat the worst parts of our histories. Astrology teaches us all about cycles and patterns, and so does history. Knowing our history is an essential part of understanding our inherited and ancestral issues. And whatever your ancestry is, whatever your lived experience is, it is not your fault what happened to your ancestors or what your ancestors did. That's not your fault. However, it is each of our responsibility to be conscious of our histories, you know, our inherited histories, and to bring healing to our own lineage and the world, or at least to try, right? And so take time. Honestly, never stop learning. And in particular, this Black History Month, learn from Black creators, support Black creators. And you know, when I say creators, it's a weird modern world that we use to refer to all the people of the world, but I'm talking about writers and teachers and activists and artists. But this month, make space to study and learn Black history. Be a part of the expansion of knowledge in the face of all of this restriction of knowledge. Be the change you want to see in the world, or at least try, you know? Let's get into your horoscope, my loves. This week, as I said, we're looking at February 6th through the 12th, and it starts off with an exact square between Mars and Chiron. This transit is definitely one to look out for, as it can have some pretty explosive and frustrating effects. Mars is related to the ego. It is, of course, the little man symbol. So it is related to men, masculine energy or masculine archetypes, right? And Chiron is related to our wounding. It is also, of course, related to our healing process. And so this transit on a personal level can kick up a lot of frustrations. And those frustrations can aid in your healing process. That's kind of cool, right? But the process of it is not likely to be especially delightful, okay? This transit can absolutely kick up aggravation, toxicity, and violence. It is really important that you are honest with yourself about what you're feeling. So many of us have a hard time experiencing and expressing anger and passion in a healthy way. In this world that we're living in, it's just, you know, everybody is outraged all the time and So few of us have the bandwidth to parse through our frustrations and anger. It's a lot of effort and it's happening not just to, you know, the people in your personal life, but it's happening on a collective level. So it's a lot. Be on the lookout for people playing the victim as they perpetrate harm towards others or bully others. And because you are people, make sure that your feelings of victimization don't lead you to feel entitled to act outside of integrity with yourself, right? It is an act of self-betrayal to allow shitty people and shitty situations to inspire you or entitle you to acting in shitty ways. But when we're dealing with a Mars square to Chiron, you could absolutely feel like you're entitled to act any kind of way you want because someone else acted in a fucked up way towards you. Now, on a more social level, and perhaps on a personal level, but certainly on a social level, I think we need to watch out uh, on this date and around this date for violence, and in particular for 
toxic masculinity, toxic individualism, and the violence that can come from that. This transit will absolutely kick up feelings of just overwhelm. And it may feel like the only thing you can do is actually the least healthy thing available to you. Unfortunately, these energies can, can push us in this direction. What I want to encourage you to do to the best of your ability is to stay emotionally present. The thing about Mars is that it is associated with urgency. And so a transit like this is going to make us feel really urgent. Or you're going to be dealing with somebody else who's, you know, coming at you with some level of intensity that just doesn't seem necessary or fair. From my perspective, the best way to kind of engage with this is with intention and with integrity. And that might mean any number of things, depending on your circumstances and how this particular transit hits your birth chart. But it will absolutely be a cause for reflection and introspection. You know, you may have like a regular whatever day and just find yourself getting really outraged about something online. If you can remember that this transit's happening and do your utmost to check in with your own experience of anger and frustration and resentment and rage and all the things that are classic Mars feelings and to notice where they live in your body or where you're experiencing them in your body. And from that place, engage in a healing process, not so that you feel something different or think something different necessarily. But so that if you are feeling rage or outrage or impatience or frustration or whatever it is, you don't project it out just as a way to get it away from you. And you don't direct it in as a way to punish yourself for having difficult emotions. It's about trying to find acceptance for what you're experiencing, what you're feeling. And from that place, finding the healthiest possible way, the healthiest way available to you in this moment to engage with it. And again, because Chiron is, you know, the, the slower moving planet here, the potential for healing is very strong, just as strong as the potential for acting out from a place of wounding. And the risk of what that can do is that it can kind of unconsciously be a validation that you are victimized, that you are broken or stuck or something like that. Most of the time, for most of us, that is not true, or it's only a part of the truth. And being able to be present for the nuance and paradox of the truth of the human condition, the truth of our lived experience, the truth of what we feel and what we do and what the impact is, right? If you can be present for the sticky messiness of that, then you can take responsibility for yourself. You can have a greater sense of agency in your life and even in your internal world. And that can be so helpful on a million different levels, but certainly in regards to you finding happiness and being able to have peace with yourself, which you deserve, you know? One last thing I'll say about this particular transit is if an opportunity comes your way and it comes to you with a great sense of urgency, right? Like whoever's offering you something um, is doing it with urgency. You've got to choose now or it's going to go away. I would be a little cautious with something like that because both Chiron and Mars can be really urgent in the way they feel. So if somebody is rushing you or trying to pressure you, I want to encourage you to not allow that intention or energy to make your decisions for you. Take the time to sit with your needs and your impulses and your feelings and to sort through what it is that you really want, right? Mars. 
and what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do about it. Chiron. So that's the Mars square to Chiron that we're going to be feeling this week, and that is exact on the 6th. On the 8th, we have another transit from Mars. This one is lovely. It is a Mars trine to Uranus. This transit is really a lovely one to have uh, sandwiched between two harder (laughs) transits of the week. This transit is really good for boosting your ego energy and not in a negative way. Uranus and Mars are two of the most individualistic planets in the zodiac. So this transit can really help you to identify your needs and to take whatever risks you maybe have been a little bit shy to take in the past to make them happen. This is a great time for getting on the dance floor with your damn mask on because it is a pandemic and flirting your buns off. It's a great time for hooking up. It's a great time for starting projects, for following through with projects. Any kind of action or passion or form of self-expression that you feel excited about is favored by this transit. You may find yourself uh, really interested or excited about something new, or if you kind of had a hard time with that Mars square to Chiron, this transit may be exactly what you need in order to be able to perceive possibility where you might otherwise feel really stuck. This transit can really support the frustration of the Mars square to Chiron, which is very good news. So this is a good time for play, and it's a good time for creation, not for productivity's sake, but for the the joy of creation, which I really like. And listen, if you go to work and you always go in one way, like you take the same route to get to work every day, take a different route on the 8th or around the 8th. If you work from home, you know, uh, just move your computer somewhere else or put a different color light bulb in a lamp, you know, change things up because sometimes changing the kind of mundane components of our material habits can help to inspire new connections and just just be the right subtle shift that we need in order to broaden our horizons or broaden our perspective. So that's kind of exciting. I think it's exciting anyways. It's a great transit. Now, the one thing I would warn about, not because of this Mars trying to Uranus on its own, but because the Mars trying to Uranus is sandwiched between the Mars square to Chiron and the next transit I'm going to tell you about, is again, do not allow circumstances or even passions to compel you to make commitments that you're not ready for. We're still in the Mercury retrograde shadow, which means we are no longer in Mercury retrograde, but we want to be a little careful still with like, you know, agreements that we make, making sure we heard the other person that we expressed ourselves effectively, certainly paying attention to contracts. But the Mars trying to Uranus may make you feel like the way you feel right now will last. And so you might as well just like jump on it and make it happen. And that may be true. But, you know, when the transit fades, so may your energy. And if that happens, you want to have not committed yourself (laughs) to doing something or being of a certain way that you can't necessarily sustain. So enjoy this energy without fixing yourself to plans if you can. And that brings us to the last exact transit of the week. It's Mercury conjunct Pluto. Now, this transit probably sounds pretty familiar because it just happened on December 30th of 2021 and January 28th of 2022. And here we are again. It's happening on February the 11th of 2022. 
This transit is occurring at exactly 27 degrees of Capricorn, which happens to be where, of course, the Pluto return of the United States happens because Pluto's at 27 degrees of Cap in the United States Sibley chart. So Mercury conjunction to Pluto, you probably already know about this transit because you've heard me talk about it so much recently. It is a great transit for doing deep inner work on your psychology or spirituality. The reason why this is, is because Pluto uh, intensifies Mercury's focus. And this transit inclines us to dig deep and reflect and make connections. This is one of those transits where Pluto can really uh, help Mercury along or hobble it. You know, it can kind of go either direction. Because Mercury and Pluto are both in Capricorn, we are likely to be reflecting on things that happened, like in the material world how what we did uh, appears to others, you know, how what we did or didn't do leads us to achieve our goals or not, you know, how it really holds up in the material world. But what Mercury conjunction to Pluto is meant to do is inspire deep thinking and self-reflection, self-analysis, and not self-undoing. But it can go there. That's the boner. It can go there. And the reason why is because of the compulsive nature of Pluto. Mercury governs your mind. It's your thoughts, your attitudes, what you write, what you say. It's also how you listen. It's also your friends. And so this is a transit that can stir the pot, essentially, where there's power struggles between you and others. Uh, Secrets are revealed. This is a terrible time for talking shit. You may want to, because when you feel badly about yourself, it's so tempting to talk shit about others. But don't do that. I mean, broadly speaking, generally speaking, don't do that. But also, this is a terrible time to gossip about other people because Pluto's energies can work like a boomerang and come right back at you. So, you know, if you don't want people talking shit about you, don't talk shit about them. General golden rule stuff. If there are very real differences between you and someone else that need to be dealt with on or around this date, then my advice to you is resist the temptation to make negative assumptions. This transit can make you paranoid and it can make other people paranoid, which leads to defensiveness and resentments and all kinds of other fucked up dynamics. And so to the best of your ability, try to stay present and try to ask questions that you have. You know, don't make a decision for someone else about what they can or can't handle. Be mindful of your tone of voice. If someone else is talking, be mindful of your body language if you're in person with them. Do your best to communicate your presence. And if someone else that you're dealing with is not doing that, ask them. Ask them what's going on before you find yourself getting really defensive. This transit can lead to a lot of obsession. And that's where cyber stalking your ex or like fixating on what your frenemy is achieving that you're not achieving. That kind of shit is really common under this influence. And it's a total waste of your energy. It's worse than a waste. It's a mismanagement of your energy that can lead to a lot of misery. So the good news about this conjunction is it gives us the energy to make difficult decisions in the face of our compulsions and old, deep patterns. The bad news is it stimulates our compulsions and our old, deep patterns, right? So we always have choice. We always have choice. Not always a great choice, not always an easy choice, but we always have choice. So my advice to you this week is to make sure that when you're dealing with this third and final hit of the Mercury conjunction to Pluto and Capricorn, that you'll bring intention and care 
to your thoughts and to how you engage with other people. Now, I talked about the risk of outrage uh, kind of driving you with the Mars square to Chiron. And uh, yeah, let's just double do that over here with this Mercury-Pluto conjunction. So if you find that you are unable to take in information, have a conversation, uh, do something, you know, mercurial, reading, listening, talking, learning, all that kind of stuff in a healthy way. You may need to ask yourself, what do I need to do to adjust that? Or you may, may need to step back. Whatever it is, this can be a meaningful, transformational time where you make deep and lasting progress. And it can also just be a time where you feel like shit and you act out. So pick your battles. Pick them wisely, my friends. Pick them wisely. The final thing I guess I, I could warn you about with this transit, but again, it's not just the Mercury conjunction to Pluto. It's the Mercury conjunction to Pluto in the context of the rest of this week's transits. This isn't a great time for uh, partying, in particular, if you have a history of substance abuse or if you have a really hard time imbibing whatever in a balanced and healthy way. I am talking about drugs and alcohol, but this could apply if you have like a shopping addiction or any other compulsion that can create real havoc or harm in your life. The energy at play this week is likely to stir up compulsions. And when our compulsions are stirred up, we tend to act self-destructively. And I would posit that self-destructive behaviors can be, you know, the way you talk to yourself, uh, things that you do when no one's looking, but it can also be stirring the pot and engaging in un unhealthy and unproductive ways with other people, right? It could be treating other people like shit. So to the best of your ability, treat your body and your mind and your energetic or spiritual life with great care and intention. This will be one of those weeks where it's likely to be pretty hard to do that, which is exactly why it's so important. In the face of your urgent emotions and thoughts, try to take a beat. Try to get present in your body and to notice what narrative you have running through your head. By just creating a little bit more space, you may be able to see more options and a broader perspective. And that might be really valuable to your own life, to your own inner world, and to the people you're interacting with. Now, my loves, that's not a lot of transits, but it is a whole lot of energy. I'm going to run through it very briefly for you in case you're taking notes. Although, of course, as always, please do subscribe to Astrology for days if you want to keep track of the transits on your own from week to week, month to month. And that's at astrologyfordays.com. On the 6th, we have an exact square from Mars in Capricorn to Chiron in Aries. On the 8th, Mars in Capricorn forms a trine to Uranus in Taurus. And then on the 11th, we have a Mercury conjunction to Pluto in Capricorn. Now, my loves, I thank you so much for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast, episode 245. That's kind of exciting. For me, it's kind of exciting. It's a lot of episodes, and I'm a big fan of it. I want to encourage you to send in your questions. Go to my gorgeous, delightful, and engaging new website over at lovelaniato.com and uh, submit your question to be answered on the podcast. I love, to, I love to get your questions. And while you're there, if you are interested in any topic of astrology, just pop it in the search bar. And I may have already talked about it on the show. Uh, and you can read the transcript while you're there. Be gentle 
and patient with yourself and others this week. And I will talk to you this same time next week, because that's what I like to do. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here, yeah, we're still here.